Is that what I'm saying? Rough trade radio. 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 Hello and welcome back to the Rough Trade podcast. This week I managed to pin down Amy Taylor and Deck Martins of Amel and the Sniffers on their debut album release day and chat newfound fame, those live shows and fish and chips. Also coming up, Sam from Rough Trade Nottingham joins me to chat through some new releases as well as his current staff picks. And the staff picks don't stop there as we launch a new regular feature in the show this week, courtesy of Rough Trade NYC. Store manager George will be giving us the latest and greatest from across the pond every week. So keep an ear out for that. And a big, big shout out to our US listeners. First up for episode 60, though, and Ezra Furman has a new album coming out this August called 12 Nudes. Ezra calls it their punk record, and the first single off it is flipping catchy as hell. It's called Calm Down, a.k.a. I Should Not Be Alone, and it sounds like this. Ezra Furman forthcoming album 12 Nudes is up for pre-order now and available on yellow vinyl. I'm going to whiz back in time now to earlier in the week when I caught up with Sam. Rough Trade Radio. So this week we welcome Sam back to the Rough Trade podcast. Sam from Nottingham as you should all be familiar with. Hi Sam. Hey Emily how are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Nice. Here, here again, super sunny. Yeah, yeah nice great. to have you back. I remember last time, we were just chatting about the last time Sam was on the show, and it was when we went and had to, like, stake out in, like, a little cafe, yeah. and then the sound, we had so many sound issues, it was actually really funny, but this is this should be much more superior sound oh, quality-wise to Back, back to in that. the studio, back you know? Back in the studio, yeah. Um, but we're going to talk about some new releases, and then, as ever, going to go through some of... Your favourite stuff you've been up to, just generally catch up. Um, new releases this week, what have you particularly got your eye on? Uh, so the big one for me this week was the Faye Webster album on yeah. Secret Canadian. So when I first came across her, it was like just it was a Pitchfork article on my Facebook. Yeah. It was like Faye Webster introducing. So I was like, okay, I'll see what it's saying. Uh, clicked on that and she's like an Atlanta-born, so an American lady. Uh, and her debut album was out on Friday, which is called Atlanta Millionaire, which is 
a great title in nice. my opinion. The it front, is. The front cover's like, is her eating melted chocolate gold coins. Yes. Yes, I've seen it. It's fantastic. This. It's good, isn't it? And I think we have like that on it. gold vinyl, so, you know, oh, it's yeah. pretty special. Yeah, all ties But, in. like, about her, I guess, like, so I've listened to, like, all of her catalogue since I found her, and her first album was, like, self-released, and it was called, like, Run and Tell. Yeah. Which was very, like, folk vibe to it, so it's really folky. But then when you listen to Atlanta Millionaire, it's, like, kind of changed a lot. It's more like it's an alternative indie vibe but with like a 90s late 90s r&b edge to it okay super cool yeah uh, her vocals are like really super heavenly and it just kind of makes you kind of mellow out and kind yeah. of just have like a little dance to yourself it's super good i'd recommend it for everyone really are you into that 90s vibe on a record a little bit yeah you know i'll take it you know um yeah. quite happy with that she also toured with stella donnelly recently okay that's and nice. i super loved that stella donnelly yeah. record so it kind of fits hand in hand i was going to say that album cover because i didn't know much about faye webster until mm. this kind of came into into being but um yeah that that visual the the artwork is very Stella Donnelly-esque to me. And yeah, also yeah. maybe a bit Caroline Rose. That yeah, kind of vibe, that but sort the fags of vibe, in the mouth. Yeah, I think, and they're both secretly Canadian, aren't they? Which is the label. So yeah, I guess so it's kind of like, they're kind of fitting it that way. But the best thing, one of the best things I love about Faye Webster is her Instagram is fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah, like, she's like a yo-yo queen. What? Like, if you see her Instagram, or like some of her stories, like she's doing like mad yo-yo tricks. Really? And like, well, it's, that- totally goes with the 90s vibe I exactly mean, and on. she's just like a madness with a yo-yo and it's like she just does all these tricks and she like looks at the camera like yeah oh and it's God, like cool. you're a badass you're so good you're a little bit younger than me but yo-yos were massive in school at a particular year when i was growing up and like i got one but i couldn't do any of the tricks like the round the world I think oh yeah was yeah it was impossible but i was like i'm gonna no like this. it was big big in the year when i was at school and i couldn't do any tricks at all no but, like she's doing like all of them. Really? You know, the yo-yo's going everywhere, like spinning around, going in and out the oh, string. Man. I'm going like... to gonna have to check this out. Yeah, just check Quite it intrigued. out, yeah. Just uh, remember, I had a glow-in-the-dark one. Oh, yes. So glowing... Oh, you had ones that like had like a little light in, so when it spun, like, yes. the light went round. Yes, I remember those. But yeah, that's oh, that's my uh, that's my Faye Webster tip. She's an uh, Atlanta singer, beautiful lady who's a yo-yo <laughs> queen. Awesome. You love the ladies. You always talk about lady, lady artists. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I did not long ago, I guess last year, I did that Smirnoff thing. You know, it told you uh, your gender split. Have you seen that on Spotify? No. So Smirnoff, Smirnoff, like, do a little, like, app that you sync your Spotify to and it tells you the split of, like, female to male artists that you listen to. Okay. And ashamedly, mine was very male. Oh, really? But that uh, was Father John Misty was released last year. <laughs> we, are, I mean, we always have to mention Father John Misty, don't just we? Just because you're such a, such I'm, a super I'm a fan. big fan. I'm upset that I can't make Green Man this year. <laughs> But yeah, after that, I was like, I kind of made a self-conscious effort to branch out and listen to a lot more okay, cool. female artists and rather yeah. just predominantly male releases. Yeah, and there have been some super wicked female yeah, releases Yeah, some amazing this ones this year. Amazing stuff. And there were some, you know, amazing ones that I probably slept on before that I've now picked up. Yeah. Like Phoebe Bridges was one of them and now you know. Yeah. Yeah. Huge fan. Yeah, <laughs> huge fan. So, Faye Webster then, have you got a track that you could pluck from the album that you could play for us? Uh, the first one I heard was when uh, when I took Spotify with a track called Kingston. So I think we'll go with that one. That's a super cool, super cool track. Very, uh, very mellow, laid back vibes. Cool. And her voice is great on it. So let's go with that one. The day that I met you, I started dreaming.
nobody called me I love you Every single word you say Makes me feel some type of way It's the thought of you that slightly scares me But it takes my breath away Forget what I was gonna say was Faye Webster. Next up, we are going to do a little focus on the Black Keys because this record has been up for pre-order for a few weeks now and I haven't really spoken about it in the podcast. But I think it deserves a bit of, of a bit of airtime purely because what they're great. Yeah. They're great really. We love we love their music and they've been away for a little while. I feel like there was rumors going around that they'd split up or they'd fallen mm. out. I don't know whether there's much truth in that. But I, I heard, appreciate. I thought I heard that one of like the session musicians died or something, but I might be oh, completely maybe. wrong there. I'm pretty like, it wasn't about... one of the two, but like it might be one of right, the Tory okay. musicians that went with them. Oh, but, that's like, pretty sad. Actually, maybe oh, that does kind I of thought ring I saw something like that on yeah on the internet. Yeah. But a lot of things on the internet are okay. fake these days, aren't they? I guess. Yeah, but I guess they've also been off doing their own mm. projects. Obviously, Dan produces a slew of records. Um, I think Patrick's got a side project too. Mm. That's actually very good. You should check it out. I okay. can't remember what it's called. Um, but obviously they've reunited. This is their ninth album, believe well, it or not. Big number um, nine. The first in five years. I think that last record was perhaps mm. not... I think they kind of did a bit of an experiment maybe with yeah. it. It maybe wasn't as well received. But this, I think, is purely a return to the straightforward image of rock and... You've got a lot of guitar Worshipping the guitar, yes. Yeah. They're back to it's the guitar. very guitars. heavily driven on that. Yeah. I think when they announced the record, they put out this, like image of them and there were just like hundreds of guitars behind them so really like pushing that forward which is which is cool but yeah it's just it's just black keys that's how i just describe it if you know the black they do, keys yeah they have I mean. their own sound don't they yeah, it's like it's when you just... hear black keys even when if you look to like the bangers like gold on the ceiling lonely yeah. boy like when it comes on before like anything started you're like this is black keys yeah and i think they're one of those first bands that you pluck out of the air to compare a similar sound to you'd be like oh that band sounds like the Black Keys yeah no. because they've just got such that it's so ingrained very influential in other eyes yeah so um so yeah that's up, that's up for pre-order now as I said um I wasn't excited about it but the more they put out the singles the more I'm getting like drawn back into that Black Keys mindset but yeah have you listened to any of the singles so I listened to that new one uh Low High yeah which is which is cool again like the guitar's going big on these tracks. Yeah, like yeah. it's just those those heavy guitarists, a lot of droning on that guitar with those classic black keys vocals. It's definitely definitely one of those songs that you when it comes on, like we say, it's black keys straight yeah. away. And you could probably pop it in any of their Yeah, in catalog. any of in any of that catalogue and yeah. it's it's gonna absolutely bang. Yeah. So if you if you are a fan, you know you will not be disappointed. No. It is a return to form, I guess, because I wasn't a huge fan of the last one. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Well, return to form I think that they are. And the track I'm actually going to play is, I think they've released like a three-track mm. EP digitally, but um, this is one of them, one of those that is off it, and I believe it's going to be on the album too. This is called Eagle Birds. Oh, mm-hmm. 
that was the Black Keys. I think that kind of draws to a close the new releases that we're going to kind of highlight this week and yeah. some stuff that we've wanted to pick out. But Sam, back to yourself. Me. And I know you're very you're very busy and active when you're not here of in course. the studio with me. Is there anything that you have seen or heard or been doing recently that you think people should know about or might want to hear? So I guess recently I've been doing, I've listened to a lot of new release recently. There's been a lot of new release this year that I've probably been up on. And I've actually seen a lot more live music than I typically normally do. Oh, really? There isn't a rough trade anyway. Uh, artists I've seen recently, Stella Donnelly was one of them, saw her at Bodega, amazing dance routines and everything there. Yeah. Uh, saw an American band that I quite like called Can't Swim. They were great. Uh, but the big one, I went to Manchester to see Better Oblivion Community Centre. Oh, wow. And that was so amazing. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Like, I know you're a big fan. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the best live shows I've been to this year. Even some of the huge ones we've seen at work. Like they played the full album, did covers of each of the songs. So Connor sung Phoebe songs and Phoebe sung Connor songs to like a different vibe. Yeah. There was a whole like punk version of Funeral. And it was just amazing. The light show was incredible. And yeah, it blew me away. It was wow. so good. Are you were you a fan of Bright Eye Bright Eyes? I, I enjoyed some Bright Eyes songs, but yeah. I was never like a huge fan. Yeah. So it was it was I knew the ones that they played and it was always nice to hear them sung in a different way. Yeah. So this this whole show just seemed like it was like there was some real chemistry between them both yeah. on stage. Like this project has been been great. It's yeah. been incredible. Because I always wondered whether kind of I guess Phoebe's quite quite a young artist mm. and she might have quite a young following I'm not 100% on that I think it's probably quite bored but I wondered how much awareness people had of Brian Connor um, yeah. I feel like he's a voice that you desperately know but maybe you don't know the name as much mm. but um, I think that as you say like, they work really well together I would say I'll say the show that you had a good split from younger to older people Yeah. Uh, so I think it appealed to a to a very broad audience Yeah. and it was sold out at the O2 Ritz so it was a, a really great venue to yeah. see. It was amazing. Yeah. It was just, it was like the second to last day of tour and I wanted a bit of merch and uh. most of the sizes were sold out. So <laughs> what a shame. That, that was the only bad thing about it. Okay. That was something that I think you wanted to maybe play as well. But is there anything yeah. else you wanted to mention before? Uh, so I've got to talk about it because I really like it, which is The National. Okay. Yes. Like big yes. national fan. Uh, Go for it. Do not I've heard mixed messages on the new one. Like, there's some people that think it's not good, uh, but I think it's brilliant. Is that because it's slightly more down the arty avenue than maybe? I, th I think it must be. Yeah. Because uh, for me, it has like, for me, it's like if you had Sleep Well Beast and you had High Violet and you like smashed them both together, you kind of come out with that. Uh, but I think this direction's super good. The songwriting's great, in my opinion, and then the production on it's amazing. Just there's so many different elements going on mm. from the guitar to the electronics to the songwriting and even the uh, female vocals that are, mm. have been intertwined when you've got like Sharon Von Etten on an album you've got Kate from This Is The Kit on some of the albums well some of the tracks and like the way it works is like you know it's a national song but it doesn't seem like it's a national song featuring ex-artists mm -hmm. it feels like it all just flows entirely into what it is okay so it feels like kind of like more of a collaborative project I guess but obviously fronted by the national with guest appearances, uh, and obviously there was the film to go with it as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that film because I haven't properly watched it all the way mm. through. I've kind of skipped through, which is obviously sacrilege because it, is, yeah, it needs to be. You need to you watch need it some otherwise. Time. Yes, it makes no sense at all. And I'm going to get round to it, but maybe you can give us a little insight for anyone who hasn't watched well, it. Well, it's, it's like a 20 minute long short film. Uh, I can't remember if it's that the album is to the film or the film is to the album, but I think they'd written the album and they'd seen like dry cuts. I think they're literally hand in hand. It's neither. Yeah. It's they're both their own entities and as one piece, I believe. But the film itself is very, as, you, as we've talked about, artsy. It is. Um, and it's quite deep as well when you watch it. Like the main the main role, I can't remember what her name is, but she's the Laura Croft Alicia, now. Alicia Vikander. Yeah. My girl crush. Your girl crush. <laughs> she is, she's really good and it's fair. So she plays, she plays herself from start to finish. She doesn't change her appearance, but she plays herself as a baby, a child, an adult and an older woman. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's basically just about her life and like her life is nothing special. It's just like a normal life that's mm -hmm. led. But the way it's shot and the little bits of like speech you have in between, it really dramatizes the whole thing okay and as you're watching it just becomes extremely deep 
Right. So you you have to be in a good mental space for it. Okay. But you can see you could just see like the Nationals' idea of like how they fit together. Okay. You could see that when the, the film and the album, it's like yeah, this this works. Yeah. And I re- I'd it's only twenty minutes, so you may as well give it a watch. Uh, yeah. Most of it is subtitled, just explaining what's happening. Uh, it feels quite like like a dance if you know what I mean mm-hmm. so like it flows extremely well mm. there's no like cut parts where you kind of like think you've missed anything out yeah even though it stretches a person's whole lifetime over 20 minutes but it's on their YouTube so you can just watch it for free yeah, now online it is, yeah it's available to freely watch so I'd recommend giving it a go you could watch it before you listen to the album or after you listen to the album it doesn't really matter uh, but yeah for me like album of the year in my opinion so mm. far that is my oh, album really? of the year yeah I'm wow. going that far big statement yeah I love that album there's some great songs on there once you give it a second listen yeah. or even a third listen Quiet Light is incredible okay. in my opinion that okay. song is great wow uh, so I, I think, had to kind of I talk think about that it's directed by Mike Mike Mills is his name something like that yeah and I think he's actually credited as producer on the record as well because okay. it's such a whole entity um, but do you think having a film a film, I guess, version of the album, should we call it that? Do you think that takes away something about when you listen to it, what you picture yourself personally? Do you have to, do you feel like now you just have to picture that film? No, not myself anyway. Okay. Because uh, obviously the film's 20 minutes, the whole album's like an hour long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of, there's like a few songs that feature in the film in the background that kind of got, they sound a little bit different to how they do on the album. Mm-hmm. But otherwise there's songs on the album that like are not even touching what's in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I really do rate it. It's really good. And it is so far my album of the year. Wow. I definitely went go. for the special one as well. You know, the <laughs> triple LP. You heard it here with first. the twenty minutes on twenty minutes of the uh music of the film on it. Yeah. The etched grey side, you know. You yeah, got it, it is a beautiful set actually. I was looking like, at it uh, last Did you week. did you look at the etching as well? Very briefly. So the etching just looks like a grey Yes, actually, edge. I thought there was some like it had been warped or something. Yeah, I was like, but then when, if and you then... turn it towards the light, oh, right. it's her face. Is it? Yeah. Oh my god. It's I'll mad. Look, it's I'll like check that out. I've seen etchings before and they're really cool. But this one's yeah. like just looks like a load of like yeah, like you say like oh my god sound waves really doesn't Li- it on the LP? Yeah, yeah. If you turn it to the light, it's yeah, it's her face. It's Alicia like Vikander just gets cooler every day. I mean, not only is she married to um, what's his name? I don't know anything about her really, but don't except you? she's Lara <gasps> Croft. She is Lara Croft, but before that, she's been so many other things. And she, not... Michael Fassbender, she's married oh, to Michael really? Fassbender. Oh, really? Okay. Who's also beautiful yeah, and he's, incredible. He's, he's a cool human. <laughs> wow, I didn't cool know human. that. So you're educating me. Yeah, there you I don't go. watch many films, to be fair. So okay. That's where that, I, I'm allowed to be a bit naive yeah. at that point. Fair dues. Okay, an album of the year already. That's exciting. Because I was going to, I was thinking about doing last year at the end of June, I did a albums of the year so far. Of course. Kind of themed show, just chatting, not from a, um, perspective of like rough trade just, your just, just like general people's feelings to date mm. so there's one to throw in the mix yeah there was a f- there's a few really for me I've listened to a lot of new releases this year so like that's in there Stella Donnelly's in there yeah. Better Oblivion's in there that we've already talked about Yeah, there's quite a few floating around at the moment Yeah, uh, there's already been yeah, yeah such so many Fontaine's is still yeah, Fontaine's for me is I mean it's just there's you, been so it? many highlights already it's crazy to think there's another six months like, I really enjoyed that Frank Carter record I thought that was great yeah uh, very feel good yeah talks a lot of points and that show at Nottingham was absolutely insane yeah uh yeah smashed it out of the park completely like energy of like the best thing about the in-stores sometimes we see is how two different types of music can have the same contrasting energy to deliver a similar message I guess because you have the Frank Carter show that's talking a lot about um I guess self-love and you know being the best you can be and believing in yourself a Mm -hmm. lot of that is and the energy is insane in the room. People are absolutely going mental for it. And then a few weeks later, you have like Slow Tie. Yeah. Who's like talking about obviously nothing great about Britain. Yeah. But the energy in the room is just the same. Yeah. And it's great that way you can see those two types of music kind of contrasting musically, but giving everyone the same sort of feel. Yeah. And that's something really special to see, I reckon, yeah. sometimes. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's all right. What is the better Oblivion Community Centre track that so you would like to play? They, you can get it on Spotify. It's not got a physical release yet. Well, it did on a special seven for their American tour. Right. Uh, but it's called A Little Trouble. Uh, so we'll go with that. It's, it's a really cool song. Maybe but it'll be on the extended edition if they ever Maybe. Oh, I'm just hoping we can get a copy of that song. Yeah. <laughs> Rough Trade exclusive? <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe. And on on the there's like a second track on it, which mm. is uh, Sleepwalking, which is one of the tracks off the album, but it's called the... 
It's called the Daydreaming Remix. Okay. And that's super cool as well. So Aww. listen to both of the songs, but we'll go for Little Trouble. Better Oblivion Community Centre and thanks again to you Sam for joining me on the show this week next and 5 to 1 get ready for a fun one with Amy and Deck it's Amal and the Sniffers 5 to 1 baby 1 in 5 no one here gets out alive now you get yours baby I'll get mine gonna make it baby if we Amal and Sniffers, welcome to the Rough Trade Podcast. Thank you very much. And congratulations on your debut album being released today. Thank you very much. Super exciting. What's it like walking into, because we're at Rough Trade East because you're about to sign some records in about half an hour or so. What's it like walking into the record store and seeing your album on the racks? Is it like? Does it it's feel like... fucking crazy, yeah. And then when we're walking here, there's this like big mural of us, like, <laughs> yeah. around the corner. It's like crazy, this, you know. Yeah, and my face just really big everywhere. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, it's pretty weird, you know. Yeah, yeah. That mural is funny. It gets changed. I don't know. Maybe every couple of months or so. Mm. And like they took the old one down a few weeks ago, and they started obviously painting. And like it was only this week I looked up and I was like, I know those people. Like it was yeah. so crazy. I just didn't expect what was it to the be one you. Before us? Oh god, I can't remember. I don't even know if it was anybody. Just like because it's because it's Gucci or whatever. Like yeah, just some a nice fashion Gucci image. Gucci or oh, whatever. Yeah. But I never recognise any of the faces. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like you guys. And I was like, that is epic. It's really cool. Um, so the album, the songs are they kind of songs you've lived with for a long time? What's kind of the writing process for Amal and the Sniffers for writing a record? Well, we wrote a lot of them at the end of twenty. 17 I think um like we just sat down and it was like summer and we we're just writing a lot of them so and then we ended up playing them like all throughout 2018 on tour and shit like that and then I think three of them were written at the end of 
2018. October 2018, like two weeks before we went into the studio to record the album. Yeah, so like I think GFY and Control, I didn't have licks for them and I just like made them in the studio pretty much. But a lot of them it's like we've, it's really good because like everything we've done has been really spontaneous so it was good to have that time to like tour those songs and like play them live and like every time we played them it was different, it would get longer or like a bit of lyric would change. Whereas everything's always kind of just been like straight from heart to like the internet or whatever. So that's cool. So it's playing them live, kind of your medium for like developing them into what I think might so. end up being on the record. Um, yeah, like I think we try and streamline stuff. So like uh, when we write, like try and get it as like simple as well, not as simple, but just like as easy as possible to play live, and um, and then like once it's live, like you know we can get it real tight and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then once. You know, and then that's exactly what we do in the studio. It's just do exactly what we do on the stage. Yeah. I like it too, though, when you, like, write stuff on the spot and shit because it's straight honest from the heart. Like, you don't have mm. time to, like, like pick it apart or think, like, oh, what will anyone else think? You just mm. think, like, this is exactly what I'm thinking and what I say, and then you just yeah. say it. So that's kind of special in its own way. Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, a good mix of, like, both of those things. Yeah, and I think you guys come across as, like, really, like, not contrived at all, like, really raw and kind of, like, just putting it to us. And I think yeah. that's a really... A really unique thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say, you seem like such an incredibly hardworking band. Like the touring, it seems to be nonstop. Like I think I've seen you guys at least four times in the last 12 months, and yeah. that's just in the UK. Mm. So you must be like constantly like zigzagging everywhere. Is playing live and like getting your music out there to as many people as want to hear it like the most important thing for you as a band? I think like it's the, it's the most fun part of playing in the band is, is the performance of it. I mean, no one... I don't know. Like the other stuff in the band, I don't really like. I live for the for the gigs mm. and the parties and the and the people that I meet and the places that I go. That's what I want to do. I like playing gigs a lot. It gets pretty exhausting because like I like really really brutal shit. Like I like my favorite gigs are when you leave with like a fat lip and like bruised face. So it's yeah. like it gets pretty brutal. But I like touring as well a lot because it's like you just get to get that every night. Yeah. But at the same time, it can like fuck you up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> just because I like it, like I like it a hundred percent, and if it, I don't want to do anything less than that. Um, but pretty much, like, everything we do is just for, like, the live shows. Like, every time we write music, it's because it's like, oh, we need a longer live set. Like, our first album was, like, six minutes, so we're like, we need to write mm. songs so that we can play for more than ten mm. minutes. Yeah. And then it was like, we, we played for 15 minutes, we need to write more. And then it was like, oh, everyone's heard this, we need to write more so that we can play mm. more. Mm. That's kind of, like, the driving force for us. Yeah. Your live shows are so incredible. I have like just signed up to every gig that you guys have come and played here because it's just it's such a it's such a show it's more than just like you standing there playing some music it's an experience um I think one of them I went to the moth club <laughs> and you shouted out you guys all sound like postman pat you do and I've just have that's just listened? like stuck with me for like so long. as soon as I came here I was like oh my god it's postman pat but it is it's such an experience it's so memorable and I think that's why I feel like the excitement around you as a band has just been building and building and building is it quite strange to come all the way from the, from the other side of the world and people know your music and be excited about so it? So crazy. Yeah. It's really flattering and great and I'm so, like, happy and proud because so many bands work really hard and it's so, like, lucky that, you know, people listen to us and, like, I'm sure there's, like, a million people who hate us but it's so nice that there's so much, you know, so much interest in us. It's pretty, like, intimidating as well, though, having so much hype because it's, like, we're just doing what we've do when we want to be good at it and then it's like well mm. that's crazy shit mm. do you feel like people maybe prejudge you a bit based on your your visual appearance and how you kind of portray yourselves on stage yeah probably but i mean that's fine like i mean i always do that anyway like i'll like judge people before i meet them it's like same yeah. rules apply and everything i've hated in my life it's because i don't understand it and i'm like same rules i can't you know yeah. what i mean yeah so, it doesn't yeah i think it's easy to judge people before you meet them and then the name as well, I think, too. People yeah. see the name and they're like, oh, this band's going to be fucking just a comedy act or something. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we look like clowns, don't we? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if people laugh at us, I'm like, at least you're laughing, you sad sack of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then it's unique and it's bold and you're not afraid of just being like you. Yeah. Which is, like, I think, really endearing and I think that attracts a lot of people. People's fear of looking stupid is holding them back. Yeah. <laughs> Because you guys started in, is it 2016 Yeah, 2016. It Which, was like end of February 2016. 2017, we, wasn't it? 2016. Wow. But still, like, that's a relatively short period of time for everything you've accomplished and the kind of fandom and that you've built. 
I suppose. Um, what's kind of what's the sweatiest gig you've ever played, or like the rowdiest oh, crowd you've ever yeah, played? Yeah, I, I remember the sweatiest gig we ever played. It was uh, it was like forty-two, Flattening. yeah, forty-two or forty-three degrees that day, and it was like in this pub. And it was like they could like like cram two hundred people in there, so it was real Whoa. tight and cozy, so hot. I remember the air conditioner was just above my amp, and it was like dripping. <laughs> onto my amp as well, so I was like, "Damn, I'm gonna get Next. electrocuted." What was the name of the pub? Botany View Botany Hotel, Hotel in Sydney. Yeah, in, yeah, in Sydney on King Street, and uh, and then we played another set after that too that night at the Lansdowne. But that was the sweatiest gig. Oh, damn, oh it was that really was sweaty. sweaty. <laughs> that was sweaty. All of us were like dripping we had, like, wet, and we had, I was like, like jugs of water on stage and stuff. Yeah, that was like the sickest gig. That my favorites are when it's like that. Mm. Yeah, all the boys were like I fucking that gig was fucked because like everyone was like standing on their pedals and fucking yeah. up their shit. So I was like, <laughs> I like it. that gig. I had to like move all my pedals. They're all in the front row, and my sound was getting cut out like every single song. So I had to like put my pedals behind my amp, replug it in. 42 degrees, but, you know, that's all part of the hustle, right? Yeah, yeah. It must be pretty, like, slippery yeah. uh, on the old stage and also with the crowd surfing. Yeah. And one of the slippers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there was, there was nowhere to, like, move or anything, and the air can was, like, blowing out to the crowd, so nothing on us, so. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Well, thanks so much for coming in and chatting. You're obviously playing You're playing All Points East this weekend. Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow, which is going to be pretty wild. So you guys are going to go sign some albums, I think, mm. which is awesome. But thank you so, so much for chatting to me. Thanks. It was a bit of a wild ride, but it's, it's always fun, fun to do. <laughs> and good luck with all your gigs and your touring and a US tour. You're going yep. to America. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm. You, have you toured in the US before? You haven't. Yeah. You? Twice yeah. Every now. time we go, we all get pimples because there's so many burgers. Oh, <laughs> well, no one's ever told me that I got pimples. Well, me and Gus go. We get like, like fucking fifteen year olds because we're so oily. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but I wouldn't change it. What's that? Why? What do you eat when you're in, so in the UK? Burgers. Cheeseburgers. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love God. cheeseburgers though. This girl in Texas, she asked me. She was like, "Oh, I mean, like everyone in England, they keep asking us if we got fish and chips in Australia." Which I really think is a ridiculous question because we're an island. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, this girl in Texas was like, "Do you guys have cheeseburgers in Australia?" I was like, "Yeah, that's a ridiculous question." Why? She was like, "Cause you guys get so excited about cheeseburgers." Oh, but they're really nice. Oh, they're really good in America. So yeah. what do you what do you enjoy in the UK? I tell you, what's fucking weird. The <laughs> mushy peas. Yeah, mushy peas. I really like mushroom. I like them. Ready yeah. to go. I really like them though, because I'm really not a fan of green food, okay. and I really like mushy peas. But you don't get mushy peas in Australia. No, no we don't have them. Oh, oh, we got fish and chips. We okay. have great yeah. Don't you dare ask me if we got fish and chips in Australia. I've been asked three times by English people. I kind of really? like those pork pies, and I kind of like that, um, like that little sausage that's black. Oh, pudding. so oh, like black pudding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of gross, but Pig, it's like weird bit. more scotch eggs. Never ended up having one, did we? No scotch eggs. No. Um, you guys got good Kranksky's. Really? What are they? Like those sausages? Or maybe that's Germany. Germany. Yeah, oh, yeah. Germany, like Bratwurst. Yeah, yeah, they have like the big yeah. long thin Similar. Mm. England and Germany. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's all good. No, nah, I really like the fish and chips here though. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank Great you work. Guys. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you guys. Bye.
That was Amal and the Sniffers and Star Fire 500. Big, big thanks to Amy and Deck. The explosive debut album is out now and I wouldn't suggest that you miss it. So before I sat down to record this week's show, I happened to catch up with the office voicemails, one of which we thought you guys might want in on. So check this out. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, simply hang up or press the pound key for further options. Guys, guys, pick up. Guys, okay, fine. Listen, it's George here calling in from Rough Trade NYC to give you the scoop on what's happening this side of the pond. First and foremost, we just procured an amazing used collection, hundreds of new wave post-punk records in great condition. We're talking sealed fall records. We're talking pressings of um, Sonic Youth when they're still in SST, uh, Echo and the Bunnymen, The Creatures, The Cure. Really great collection that's going to be hitting the racks later this week. Check it out. Also, we've recently partnered with Blackwing. Do you know what Blackwing is? They make some amazing pencils and stationery. We have uh, set up an installation in the store where you can go up in this little room, sit at a desk with amazing Blackwing products, pull down an acoustic guitar, and write yourself a song. I mean, why not? You, you, of course, you have to give us 50% of the royalties on any song you write there, so keep that in mind. Um, let's talk about NYC Staff Pick of the Week. I'm going to be selfish and tell you about mine. I'm really feeling this new album by Grace Ives. She does amazing, like, two to three minute electronic pop songs that are perfect for, you know, a dance party by yourself at home. That's what I do quite frequently. It's it's troubling, but that's, that's where I'm at in my life. But Grace Ives, it's called Second. It's on Dots Per Inch Music, Brooklyn-based label. Check out Grace Ives. Give it a full endorsement. Uh, May 31st, we have Kevin Morby coming by the store. He's going to be signing copies of his latest record. And um, who knows? Maybe there'll be some extra copies that will end up on uh, on our website for sale. If you're a Kevin Morby fan, you're going to want to swing by and check out. And uh, maybe pick yourself up one if you can't make it to the in-store. Last but not least, let's talk about our album of the week. It's got to be Flying Lotus. We have a Rough Trade exclusive of his new album, Flamagra, on red vinyl. I think that's how you pronounce it. Flamagra? Flamagra? I don't know. Either way, I'm committing to Flamagra. It's a great record. Of course, Fly, though, always bringing amazing beats, jazzy, crazy guests. Just an amazing smorgasbord of a record. This is probably one of my standout tracks. It is called Spontaneous. It's going to play you out. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.
Cheers, George. And as mentioned at the beginning of the show, plenty more where that came from. Listen out for George and the Beep back next week. So to close out the show this week, I've got one from British band The Claim, who have released their first new collection of songs since 1992. Their beautiful and original hybrid of music is ever prevalent in the new industrial ballads, the new album, which is out now. And we've got it on a Rough Trade exclusive blue and green vinyl. Check out this track from the record. It's called Just Too Far. Thank you very, very much for listening. And I will catch you in the next one. Bye. and subscriptions help to support what we do so if you like what you hear then please rate us on itunes